And we are live. By the way, Mustafa, hello. But yeah, hey Craig, what's up? How's I, it going, man? I'm good, <laughs> but I've I've got to begin with a, co a compliment. So you probably have the coolest name in Mustafa. I I really want to be called Mustafa. You sound uh, so wise and so and so worldly, and I'm. Uh, I'm just called Craig, and what's worse about yeah. that is that every American calls me Craig, so I don't even get Craig. my, I don't, I don't even get my own name. Yeah, so I'm gonna start calling you Craig now. <laughs> oh, don't you start as well? Everybody already does. Uh, okay. E e even yeah. my girlfriend and things have started calling me Craig, uh, just uh, just to annoy me. So. Okay, so is it is it Craig or Craig? Craig. Craig. <laughs> Craig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's if if you was to say it in kind <clears throat> of normal English, I guess it would be Craig. But yeah. it's absolutely definitely not Craig. Anyway, this is not about me. This is about yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you hit four thousand followers yet? Uh, um no. So I haven't um this is a weird thing happening on Twitter all the time where you're uh, where your follow numbers are like um, fluctuating for some reason, uh, yeah. you gain a you know like I gain a couple of followers, uh, the numbers increase and then they, they go back down and then they go back up, and then they like a uh, uh, a number of followers disappear all of a sudden vanish, and then I wake up the next morning they're there and I, I don't know what's happening but yeah so uh, <laughs> officially officially I haven't uh hit 4k 4000 followers yet but probably in a few hours uh, i was i was hoping it was going to be whilst we're streaming here or <laughs> you never know yeah like or, or immediately after yeah you never know we're just getting started so we have like some time before you know it probably could it could probably uh happen uh do we have live viewers right now uh yeah we do I, yeah so I don't know. So, so yeah. So everybody who's 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 like viewing this uh, podcast right now, you know, go follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you anyway? How's things? How's life? Um, things are good. Things are uh, pretty busy. Uh, working from home is not easy. Uh, so I, I have kids around. Like uh, my twin daughters are three years old, and. Uh, yeah, I have a six-year-old son. They're being homeschooled right now because the schools are closed. So, mm. uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I've always worked from home, like even before I got married. But uh, now that I have kids and they're growing up uh, really fast, things are getting real, uh, you know, getting kind of difficult, uh, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm usually trying to uh, burn the midnight oil and get things done after they go to sleep. <laughs> so you, do you I guess you're still getting up early though right aren't you to look yeah after yeah everybody. yeah I, I wake up like even if I go to sleep at 2 a.m in the morning <clears throat> I wake up at 5 30 or 6 in the morning and, uh, and then I have a I have a nap at 9 or 10 for an hour yeah so my my sleep like it's been it's been a long time since I have had that sound sleep so you know uh, sound eight hours sleep. Wow, I, I guess you just get used to it, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was never a sound sleeper anyway, so yeah. 
<laughs> and I, I've I've been told I need to ask you how you drink yeah. your tea. So how do you take your tea? Uh, so the, the tea I have uh, every day in the evening at 5 p.m. Uh, is your regular tea uh, with milk and sugar. And it's the best tea because I, I, I live with my parents, so my mom makes it for me. Oh. Yeah. So like a little but, treat every day. Yeah, she never misses it, like every day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I drink one cup of tea every day, but I've got to make it yeah. for myself on a morning, so it's not uh -huh. special. Um, I, I, was, I was never, uh, uh, you know, into tea or coffee. I'm still not into coffee, but, um, like, you know, my wife drinks a lot of tea, so, uh, you know, I had to give her some company with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that. So I've I've called this episode audience building and the mm -hmm. creator economy. And wow. Yeah, so we uh, we, we kind of that, that's a big wide topic, but <laughs> particularly when I'm talking about audience building what I'm really talking about is is like Twitter. And right. I, I think right. that's obviously where we met first mm -hmm. of all as well yeah. and I think you you probably agree that Twitter's your main thing right now isn't it yes yes it is it is yes and and how what do you think makes twitter so special why did you try why did you start with that uh what what makes twitter special to me or in general well to you yeah what makes it yeah. special to you um so like if we go back i was um, so I've been freelance writing for more than 10 years now. Like I've been freelance blogging for more than 10 years. I've never did that for myself. Um, I did try uh, starting a blog, um, back in 2012, but then I, uh, you know, couldn't do it for long. So, um, I've been doing it for clients so mainly, uh, digital marketing agencies, uh, in the U S. Um, so I'm, I, I, manage their uh you know company blogs i i'm, I'm not doing it for a few months but I've, i i've been doing that for a real, real long time and so i've written a lot of content on social media marketing like a lot of blog posts on social media and uh and i used to write so much about how uh you know twitter is this uh you know amazing uh tool that you that every uh business needs to use and it, it's like the the most um uh what do you say is the most appropriate tool to uh build an audience and connect uh, to your uh tribe and mm. but the, i the 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 weird thing about that was I, like i was writing that uh not out of personal experience but uh you know the, the research i was doing so whatever i read uh out of my research uh, that's that's what I was writing. So every time I I wrote about Twitter, I was I was uh, not enjoying it because I did not understand the platform. Like I did not know um, like why it works for people. Why like it didn't make sense to me before I before I used it. Like in those days, like in mm. um, say 2015 and 16, uh, it was uh, pretty popular back then as well. But 
so what what did like what didn't make sense to me was um how do you keep up with thousands of uh people uh you know posting content like in a single feed you know how does how does that make sense like yeah uh, you know are people wasting time on it or it's just yes. like it didn't make sense to me uh technically <clears throat> so and that was only because i wasn't using twitter uh, i was looking at looking at twitter from from an outsider's perspective mm. and um yeah so that was the most confusing part and like even though i was i was kind of recommending twitter to um these uh agencies these 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 uh what do you say marketers and entrepreneurs who are doing online business i was i was asking them to use twitter but i was personally not convinced that it's the right platform to use uh it didn't make sense to me um so uh in 2019 uh, like when i started working on uh my startup idea were do the the co- collaborative blogging platform which is uh still not launched yet um so when i was working on that i realized that i had to build um a relationship with with these uh influencers uh who are going to use my platform uh you know so that i can take it forward and I, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty good with cold email and stuff, cold emailing people. But it, you know, that is email is really good for uh, nurturing your existing relationships or kind of distributing some good content. But when it comes to being social, when it comes to building um, uh, these quick relationships with uh, new people, email was not working out for me. so i was like you know let's let's uh, let's just go on twitter because uh you know everybody and their mother is on the platform i'm not sure how many are using it but uh let me just go there and i'm just going to uh try to build a relationship with uh like a 5 to 6 like uh you know big shots in in the so the social media space because i was I, w- i was i was looking out to target the social media niche niche with uh when starting out wordio so the vision was different back then but yeah so i i had a couple of uh social media influencers on my on my list and i started engaging uh with their content so like for example ross simmons uh is pretty uh you know is is pretty well known on twitter in the social media space right um i'm i'm a lot of people follow him so i started interacting with ross a lot and then a couple of other people uh but then uh something something strange happened uh as i was starting to use twitter more and more uh you know without any planning i started to uh you know connect with these other like-minded people who i would have never met uh without twitter so like you were one of them i mean i did not have uh, a plan as such so i came to twitter with a plan to uh kind of build a relationship with these people so that didn't work out well i mean 
Yeah, I, I mean, I did build relationships, but then uh, the whole idea behind the behind building those relationships was to uh, kind of sell them on my idea. So that didn't work out. Yeah. But uh, what I did not plan to do was like making friends and like getting social on Twitter and actually having fun without, uh, you know, without feeling the pressure of uh, getting uh, something out of it. So I was just having fun, right? And so initially uh, I wasn't really consistent uh, on Twitter as I am now, um, but I was fairly I was fairly active on the platform, and I realized that I wasn't really enjoying uh, the whole um, what do you say the targeted approach that I was taking towards Twitter uh, to uh, in a very systematic approach to building relationships. That wasn't fun. What was fun to me was these random relationships I was building, these random people I was meeting, these random conversations I was having, the DMs I was exchanging. Uh, you know, so like even then I did not really crack Twitter, but it was more of um, more of me experimenting with my social uh, online social side that I never did before. So I, uh, I mean. How long, yeah. how long did it take you to realize that your original idea to come to Twitter was to plug a product, basically? How long did it take yeah. you to realize that that wasn't right, that that wasn't going to work? Uh, more, than a, more, more than a year, yeah, yeah. So since I started uh, using Twitter in February 2019, and uh, so it was not until July... Um, yeah, not July or June or July, uh, that I realized that, you know, this place is something else. It's doing something else for me that I was, I had never planned for. And, um, what I was, was loving it. it. What yeah. was it? How, how did you work that out? What, what made you realize that this was doing something else? What was that something else? Yeah. Something else was, um, so I was having these regular conversations with people like I would have with my old friends uh, back in the days when I used to use Yahoo Messenger for chatting, you know. Mm. Um, so these, 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 so here I was talking to these uh, people from all over the globe, uh, like who I, who I just met on Twitter. I had no intention of getting anything out of them. And then we were tweeting in public. Uh, we were you know, chatting in uh, private and DMs and we're getting on Zoom calls. Um, and so I think a lot of this uh, realization happened because of the pandemic. And since a lot of people uh, were, you know, getting online and there was this, uh, what do you say? I mean, without the pandemic happening, it I don't think it would have been uh, so special as it was. I mean, I'm not saying the pandemic was a good thing, but but it did kind of bring out a, a lot of a lot, a lot of those people who would have never engaged with others online. So and then so to answer your question, I think I was uh, I realized that a lot of these people I was interacting with uh, 
had lives outside of Twitter and they were all creators, right? Mm. And uh, when I started checking them out, they were like uh, pretty, pretty big in their own way. I mean, I'm not saying they were celebrities or something, but uh, they were they were doing their own stuff and they were doing some really good stuff. And uh, you know, I would have I would have uh, never met them uh, without Twitter. And uh, and you know, they were appreciating the kind of content I was creating. I was appreciating the uh, appreciating the kind of content they were creating. So uh, the ideas that we were bouncing off, you know, everything was resonating. And yeah, and I was enjoying it. I mean, I was having fun. I mean, I I was spending hours and hours on this platform, and I was, and I was, like, having fun, and I was growing my. I mean, I wasn't really growing, and my the focus was not on growing an audience, mm. uh, for a long time. Like even until say November or December of 2020, I was not really focused on building an audience, but I was loving the whole aspect of, you know. Get, making these new friendships, yeah, uh, and uh, I was enjoying that part. Awesome. So I wasn't really taking Twitter as looking at Twitter as an audience building platform, but more of um, a club, kind of an online club where I'm I, I'm meeting these new people. And I'm getting along with them. I mean, you wouldn't believe, but for a long time before Twitter, um, I was. <laughs> You know, I was I, I was going through this phase of depression, and I didn't have many friends, and I always um, wonder if that could be an on uh, a social place online where where I could just go meet people and talk to people. I just didn't know it was Twitter. Mm. Like I I, I, I thought that I, you know I, my mind was always going towards those online forums and you know chat communities and stuff but it never went towards Twitter. So this was very accidental. I mean, what's happening right now with me? I think I think to just return to your point about the pandemic a little bit, I think that is really important. I think yeah. um, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now using Twitter the way I'm using it Yeah. if COVID wouldn't have happened. Because, right, right. Because COVID was, you know, I've run an agency for 10 years, <clears throat> pretty pretty comfortable in the things that I'm doing. Mm. Co- COVID was really the thing where I thought, damn, maybe this could disappear tomorrow. And right. I, I, I've got all these skills, design skills, and we've built e-commerce websites for other people and things like that. I've got all these skills, but I've never utilized them for myself. So right. that was uh, the point in, in February time for me Mm-hmm. Where 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 I kind of did a similar kind of thing. How could I use some of these skills that I've already got, similar to you, really, with the cold email stuff and all the marketing yeah, knowledge yeah. that you've got? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How could I turn some of these skills that I've already got to myself, which which feels a bit weird, doesn't it? Especially when you've done it for other people for so long. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's like weird to start marketing yourself rather than businesses or clients. Right, 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 right. Um, I mean, to me, uh, like, like I said, I wasn't really focused on, uh, you know, using my skills to sell stuff on Twitter for a long time. I, I think it was December, uh, mid-December, when I, like, randomly asked people if they wanted to buy uh, my cold emailing ebook. But before that, I think. Um, 
the value I was deriving out of Twitter was mainly, uh, you know, it was, so let me put it this way. So I, I was missing the social action in my life for a really long time. And I felt that this, this gap was getting filled in a really unique way by just me being on Twitter and just meeting myself. I mean, I wasn't doing anything special, right? I wasn't, I wasn't planning or strategizing on, you know, what to tweet or who to befriend. I mean, I was literally going out there and I was like, if I, if I found someone interesting, right, I would just go tweet them and say something like, Hey, let's be friends. And they'd be like, you know, why not? So, yeah, um, I, I think those those skills that I mean, you've I got mean, though as, a, as yeah. a cold email guy, those skills that you've built all those those years, even if you weren't necessarily consciously using them, they were helping you build relationships in a very real way on Twitter. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, um, so I, I shared a lot of my inhibitions. Um, uh, when I started cold emailing back in 2015, uh, so I... You know, I was, you know, back in back in the school days, I used to be this really uh, introverted guy who would never speak to anyone, who would not go on stage. So I remember going out there for a de- for this. Um, um, there was this, I had to give a speech on the on, on the stage, and when I was in like eighth grade or something, ninth grade, and I I stood there for like ten minutes. I couldn't speak anything, and I had uh, like stage fright, and I just froze. Um, uh, but then for some reason that uh, when I started interacting with people online uh, and I started working with clients and when I started uh, chatting with people from all, all around the world, I mean, even before Twitter, so that that kind of indirectly affected my um, stage fear in a positive way. It, it disappeared and I started uh, Shedding, I, I became this extremely uh, extroverted, extroverted person, mm. which I was not. So Twitter is perfect for people like me. I mean, not just introverts, but it's perfect for uh, people who are extroverts and who, who have this energy inside them, who just want to talk to a lot of people, would, you know, but they don't find them in real life. So... I mean, where else you could talk to like 50 people in a day and 50 new people in a day without being awkward, right? So yeah. uh, I think that that was one of the primary primary reasons I was enjoying Twitter was because uh, it was helping me um, leverage those, uh, you know, those skills or the, those traits that I had developed over the years. Uh, uh, you know, you know, in a different way, like in a social way. I think, I think it's it's it still amazes amazes me now that I can chat to somebody on Twitter for a bit, and then yeah. you you DM them and say, you know, do you want to jump on a Zoom call or whatever to have a chat? Uh, uh, it it is one of the only social platforms I can think of that I've used, and I've like you, I've used a lot of them. It's one, right, of the, right. one of the only social platforms I can think of that is, is just full of such open people when, you're, when yeah. you're part of that right community where you can just DM them and just say, you know, I, I love your work, it'd be cool to chat about it or whatever. There right. isn't, right now on the internet, as far as I'm aware, there isn't another place that's like that right now. No, you don't have it. 
you know what's uh, something cool that I find um, is that like especially for people like us uh, who who have uh, built us uh, these relationships with so many people around the globe. I mean, this changes uh, travel. Like, like if you're traveling to other, like before, if I was traveling to, so you know wherever you're you're living right now, the the city or place. Like I, I wouldn't have known anybody, but I know you now. So if I'm coming over there someday, you know, I would just, I'd be like, you know, I'm, hey, Craig, <laughs> I'm sorry, Craig, <laughs> you know, no so I'm here. Let, let's let's catch up. I mean, so I have this this network of friends all across the glo- globe, uh, who are ready to kind of catch up if I happen to visit their place, their country or city, you know. So that that's, that never happened. Before. That could have never happened in any way before. You were this new unknown person uh, in a new unknown place, but now you have someone who can, who you can call friend, and uh, who could probably spend time with you and uh, and show you around and stuff. Which was, I, I don't think that was that would have been possible without things like Twitter happening. Well, I, I know even from when I was using Twitter way back in in like i don't know 2015 or 2016 and things like that and i used to go to design conferences and stuff Mm -hmm. even then the people who who i'd only ever tweeted we'd only ever talked on twitter before you meet Mm -hmm. them in person and it's like your old friends Uh, yeah yeah uh, it's it's amazing and there isn't anywhere else like that yeah and you know what the funny part is i met a lot of my school friends on facebook like um uh these these were the guys that I, I studied uh, school in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia in 90s, uh, until 97, 96. And I met all of them on Facebook in 2012 or 10, like 15 years or 16 years after we met last. And the weird part was like, they were all so new, like as if I did not know them or they did not know me. So it was like they were new people. So on, so you know, you know, you see how different that is. Like on Twitter, you meet new people and they feel like they're old friends. Yeah. And on Facebook, you meet your old friends and they're they're these new people. <laughs> I think, so I think it's because uh, it's just the way that Twitter is, isn't it? Because it, I I choose to follow you. I follow you on Twitter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Every day, I at least see one or two of your tweets. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'd like to see them all, but you know that's just the way the algorithm works. Right, right. Um, so I at least see a couple of things from you every day. So yeah, what that's doing is it's it's just brainwashing me in the way that you see the world in a good right, way, right. in a positive way. Right, right, where, right. Whereas with with Facebook, I'm the it's same. Closed. I've got yeah, it's it's closed, and I've got my my old school school friends on there too but the mm. the the feed just doesn't work the same way on yeah. facebook it's it's yeah. it's full of crap it's just full of games or you know photos or whatever they they don't videos pop, videos and links yeah 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 they they don't prioritize so that kind of um, chat uh you know why you might think that that distinction between twitter and facebook is so huge i mean uh the gap that we find is because facebook was never a platform for creators mm. so it's it's always um these consumers 
uh, consuming stuff and sharing stuff that they're consuming. So it was never, it was never about uh, people creating stuff that you, they do on Twitter. So Twitter is not just about consuming. It is also about creating. And, you know, um, you know, like a few minutes into our chat, I told you about how uh, I was like, when I was not using Twitter, I, you know, I felt that it was crazy how you, how you could uh, keep up with thousands of people posting content. But when I started using Twitter, I realized it's just not, it's not the, it's not just the algorithm that is working uh, to <clears throat> help you find the right content. But it's also the fact that the majority of the people you uh, follow are not creating content on a regular consistent basis. So your feed is not getting as clogged as you, you would imagine if you're not using Twitter. Right. So, mm. so everybody, like the majority of the people are, are like browsing and lurking around. Uh, they're not creating content uh, as much as uh, they should, or the consistent content creation that should be done is being done by only a few hand, handful of people because obviously it takes work. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not something that it just happens. It's uh, like, you don't, you have days when you don't want to tweet. You, you have days when you don't want to create content, but I have those days, but then I, I make sure I, I put out something uh, at least five or six times a day. Because I want to, I want to, um, you know, number one, I want to make sure that people see me as a consistent creator. And, and second thing, I, I know the, the algorithm uh, favors uh, users who, you know, who are creating consistent content as well. Mm. So you're, you're consistent on Twitter now. And you said it, yeah. it, it really kind of started in November and December. Yeah. What, what how, how did that change for you then when you said, right, I'm going to, change this up I, I'm, I'm this stuff has been working that I've been doing making friends but now I'm going to kind of quote-unquote take it seriously what yeah. did what did you do then from that point onwards so uh, probably in November I decided to change my my approach but then again uh, it was it was not a bit, like I wasn't seeing results I wasn't seeing followers happening mm. I wasn't um, like I, I had uh, very few people engaging with my content, even though I was being consistent, which is, which is the complaint of so many people. Like, like, uh, you know, they're tweeting in the void all the time and they're not seeing results. So I was like, even though I was, was going to take this thing seriously, but um, I wasn't, um, I always made my wife like my tweets so that I had one more like. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But then in this, December, what changed was like, you know, at it was 12.30 a.m. in the morning. I just, without any planning, without any prior preparation, I put out this uh, random tweet asking people, uh, you know, if I, if I write this ebook, are you going to buy it? And then I, I, you know, all of these close friends I have on Twitter, they start saying yes, yes, yes. But then I start seeing random people who I have not met on Twitter, who are not following me, uh, you know, commenting, and then uh, they start following me, and then I suddenly start getting attention for the first time um, from people who are like new, who are not who who are not my friends, mm. and then I was like, you know, this 
there is something happening here. I mean, I am onto something. And <clears throat> I realized that uh, people, a lot of people were, were following me because they wanted to stay updated on when the ebook is going to launch or when it's, when is it going to, the pre-sale is going to, pre-orders are going to uh, be happening or they just wanted, a t it was their way, so them following me, these new people was, um, uh, was their way of tracking uh, what I was doing. So suddenly I was uh, this, um, you know, from a random uh, Twitter creator, I went on to become uh, this someone who was, uh, who had some kind of an authority and people, uh, uh, you know, kind of look up to someone when they have even a bit of authority. So me telling them I have five years of cold emailing, cold emailing experience and I'm writing an ebook on that, you know, the kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it, uh, pushed me ahead in a huge way, but then I think it positioned me as, uh, someone uh, trustable enough to be followed. So, so that's when I realized that you know if I want uh, people to kind of trust me and follow me, I need to be authentic in every possible way. I I, I had to take an authentic approach uh, to my uh, Twitter growth rather than just ranting or putting up random tweets and expecting people to follow. So uh, for a period of like uh, two months after that, I was, I went heavy on um, letting people see what's happening behind the scenes, behind the scenes. So if, if I was getting a few, uh, you know, like if I, if I had reached a certain milestone in my uh, ebook pre-sales, I was sharing that. Uh, if something, if someone was complimenting my work or, you know, anything that was positive, I was sharing, you know, that with my followers. So every time I, I was being authentic and every time I gave people, um, a small peek into what's happening behind the scenes, uh, I noticed that the people who are clicking, uh, to my profile, the number of clicks I was, uh, you know, the profile clicks I was getting yeah. was going up because, um, people were suddenly like, uh, Hey, who's this? And like, like, what, like who, who is he and why is he, uh, doing what he's doing or is he authentic or like who's behind this account? And so they, it kind of got them curious, curious. So I was tapping into that, uh, to a great extent. And now I don't do that much because uh, now um, it's like I tweet anything and I get a response in a few minutes, mm. right? So I, I don't have to do that anymore. But I'm still authentic. I'm, I'm still trying to be as transparent as possible like I was in December and January. Uh, but it's not necessary. But then it's like I like to let people know that they're following someone who they can trust. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think, I think, I think these two, three months in Twitter, uh, to me, they feel like eight, eight, eight or 10 months, even though, even though this like such a short period of time, but the kind of growth I've seen and the kind of, uh, uh, you know, the kind of response I'm getting from people every single day, 
it feels like as if I've been growing for like like eight or ten months, but it's just been like three or four months. That's it. I, th- I think what what happened to you is very similar to what happened to me. So mm-hmm. I I was uh, when I decided to declare that I was going to write ten tweets per day. Mm. I was hiding a lot of things. Right. I, I was trying to write perfect tweets and my choice of tweets was consistency and productivity and things like that but what that meant is that Mm -hmm. i was hiding like you i was hiding the skills that i was really known for that i had been crafting for years and years and years and it it wasn't until a few months after that that i decided right i'm gonna declare that i'm a designer i mean people already knew that i was a designer but mm-hmm. I, I didn't talk about design. I never mentioned it and I, I never showed any of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And similar to what happened with you, as soon as you said, I'm doing the yeah. cold email stuff, as soon as yeah. I said, I'm making a product. Now people had a reason to follow you. Right. 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 Now, now, now everything makes sense. Now, when you talk about, well, you can talk about anything. Now, when you talk about yeah. anything, it ties back to the thing that you do. So now when I talk about, consistency and when you talk about it it ties back to the real life experience that you've got right but right. You, you can't you can't do that without declaring the real life experience it, it's, it's 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 weird 100 percent, 100 percent. i mean i would have never discovered that uh you know it was by accident like yeah. even i think i think if i didn't if i did not do the whole cold email emailing book thing. I would still be where I was in Twitter in like November or, you know, October. I would, I wouldn't have this kind of growth. I would probably be like a thousand, uh, plus followers, but I would definitely not be where I am today. Um, well, I know a lot, a lot of people say not to launch a product so early and, and you're, and you're saying that the product was the thing that gave me my growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so when I launched this thing, I had like nine hundred and fifty followers. That when I pre-launched it, not launched, but when I pre-launched it, I had nine hundred and forty followers. And, but the good thing was, um, out of this nine hundred forty followers, uh, like three hundred or four hundred people were like, uh, I was DMing them on a regular basis. A lot of people I was DMing. Yeah. And not just once or twice, I was like uh, constantly in touch with many of them. So this support network that I had built uh, over one year, it was not huge, but I think it was more important than having 4,000 followers, you know, having 400 people who yes. kind of believe in you and who kind of uh, trust the kind of work you're doing. So these people were always rooting for me in the DMs. And now they had a way to support me outside of, uh, you know, uh, like in the open and, yeah. uh, you know, like when people want to support you, they're looking for ways to support you, yeah. right? When they like your work, they're not just, uh, rooting for you. They're, they're not just, uh, cheering you up or cheering for you, um, verbally, but they're looking for ways to uh, kind of make your life easier because they like you so much and they want to support you. So I had a few friends, uh, not friends, but like, uh, people who admire me on Twitter 
So this, the, they uh, did not know about my cold emailing ebook, but they came to know about it later on. And they, like, I did not have my link in the bio uh, then. So they, they sent me a DM. They sent me this DM and say, uh, you know, I heard about your cold emailing ebook. Could you give me uh, the link to that? I don't need this ebook, but I'm going to buy it because I want to support it, support you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm not into cold email. I don't want to do it. I may do it or I may not do it, but uh, I still want to buy it because you know, you're doing, you're giving so much to the, to others. I want to make sure that I support you. So I think it's a field goal. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously if even like for us, the reason we're doing so much on Twitter is because it's, it's not for the likes, but it's, it feels good to give. Yeah. Right. So when I, when I'm talking about the creator economy, I'm not talking about, um, me taking advantage of the creator economy. It's, it's, I'm talking about me giving to the creator economy so that it grows, uh, and I be a small part of it, uh, where I'm making a difference, like in, in the lives or of a few creators, even if they're like small unknown creators, even if the, if I'm able to, you know, help them continue without quitting. Right. So I am adding to the creator economy. So creator economy is not just about uh, you creating stuff and selling it, selling stuff, right? It's also about you um, supporting other creators in whatever way you can. And as a creator, when you're supporting other creators, you're doing what a creator does best, you're giving. And that feels best, right? Even, even if you're not taking money for it, yeah. Uh, you are earning this loyalty from people. You're earning their trust. You're earning um, their admiration. You're earning so much, which is, I think, it's more than money. I, I get, I get more joy out of seeing somebody I follow on Twitter finally making a product and me getting the opportunity to buy it. That's yeah. I mean, I mean, I have seen Satya, uh, uh, the guy who's uh, started not as a designer. Who, who's in your, I think, uh, you know him, right? Satya? Yeah, Satya in Daily Visual yeah, Community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he was not a designer. And no. I have seen him, uh, not in pub. I mean, I'm sure he's talked about you in public as well, but like in our private conversations, we have this small little group on Twitter. And I have seen him talk so much good stuff about you. Like he sees you as your mentor. And uh, I mean, you... I mean, knowing that you changed Satya's life, I think that's enough for you yeah. to kind of, you know, feel good about what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. If I if I can give, and honestly, I haven't really interacted with Satya that much. I've interacted him on with in DMs yeah. and things like that, and I helped him when he wanted to sell sell his his first design work in in a client type relationship. Right. Um, but that's really what it's all about. That's that's the whole creator economy thing. It's about exactly. giving giving people the opportunity to do what they love. That that's what it's all about. And if I've if I've got so, that knowledge to give, I'm going to give it. Right. So you you uh, helping Satya do that is like I think that's the biggest uh, part of the creator economy. It's not about people uh, making millions of dollars selling their own stuff. I mean that is important as well, the, the money thing and everything. But then uh, like. As human beings, if you're not 
exchanging value if you're not giving value to each other then I, I like i don't i don't think the creator economy would survive without that yeah i i think i think satya is a a, a great story and, and proof of how the creator economy works so we've yeah. mentioned the creator economy a million times so you should know what it means by now we've been talking about it but it's it basically people who are making digital products usually maybe physical but digital as well and yeah. Sathya's is a, gr- a great story so i set up as a quote-unquote creator myself i set up daily visual which is a community of people just making visuals every day because that's what i enjoy doing some people joined it Sathya was one of them and he right. he wasn't a he wasn't a designer and i kept pushing him to you know try try figma and just keep going encouraging him yeah. and things like that and uh, and he and he's continued and now Sathya and i know he's had a couple of clients and he, he's also working on his first his first product his first gumroad product uh yeah. th- that's yeah. the that's the full circle that's that's what you want yeah so he went full on like right from not being a creator uh to being a creator who's who's gonna make money from his creation that's amazing i mean i think I think by definition, that is what a creator economy is. And I, I feel privileged to be a part of it because, um, I've always, um, I've always created this content for clients and I forget about it because I get, I got paid for it for the time it spent. But then I, my creation was living on someone else's, uh, digital property. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't proud of it. Like, even though I created the, the content, I wasn't, I wasn't proud of the work I was doing because like I was selling it off for money and I wasn't getting the, the satisfaction that creators should get out of it. But now like, uh, the kind of money I am making with my ebook is not huge, but the money I've made until now is, uh, definitely something, uh, which I would never have made by by you know writing a ghost writing an ebook for for a client it's triple triple that what a and it's continue to give you know it's gonna it's gonna continue to earn me for a long long time i i just got a dm yesterday from someone uh asking me if i could sell them my ebook as a product so that they can give it away as a free lead magnet i was like hell no i i mean i i you know i'm not doing i've been doing that for like 10 years <laughs> I've been, yeah. you know, I'm not doing that again. I'm not selling my thing uh, as a product. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not giving it away for, like, I'm not giving 100% rights to my thing. I mean, if you want to buy it, uh, like, if you want me to write uh, an ebook for you and you're going to pay me money for that, you know, maybe we could do that. But I am in no way going to sell this thing to you so that you could, give away my five years of experience you know for free uh, as a lead magnet you know so yeah. i think that that's it isn't it that's what it's all about it's the creator economy is is finally putting the ball in, in your court when you've spent all these years um or, or in some cases like Sathya's case a couple of months you spent all, yeah. you spent all this time acquiring these skills and previously the way that the whole relationship works is you just sell those skills onto the highest bidder so 
Yeah. I, I, I design for a living, a client comes to me, they, they ask me to make a thing, I make a thing, they get it, and I don't get anything after that. And I, I think yeah. the the whole the whole creator thing that's so fascinating and so empowering is that the control is now in my hands. I make a thing and I own that thing and that can never get taken away from me. And I think right. that's that's what's so appealing. That's what's so appealing about it. Last year on on Gumroad, I, I made, I don't know, $2,000 or something like that. It was ba- barely, barely anything versus how much I make as a designer. But that money is just way more special. There's just something special about that. Uh, yeah, you don't want to spend it. <laughs> no, because, because because I made it. And it, it's, it's people yeah. who are buying into me that uh, value me enough to you know to buy my products which which is weird right. it's, it's a weird relationship but really nice that people buy into you that way and i think that's really what it's all about it, it's taking control of your own skills i think i i think a better way to look at it um <clears throat> or better way to put it is you have this um thing you created your creation and uh you do work for someone else, you sell your time and you get paid for it and you're done and you're back to square one. But when you have created this thing, your own creation, uh, it's not only special because it's your own thing and you know, it's, it's something that you built and you own, but that creation is going to keep creating for you, you know, you created that creation once, but that creation is going to keep creating value for you in terms of money for a long, long time to come. So, uh, let me, so it's, it's like your creation is creating for you once you've created it. Yeah. Right. I mean, so that's, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I've, I've written so many, like, uh, uncountable articles for clients like i have absolutely zero satisfaction in that you know work i mean obviously i got i'm I'm not i'm not being uh i'm not being someone who's uh not showing gratitude i mean of course i'm thankful to my clients and the work i got and the money i made i mean i'm not i'm I, i like that i mean of course i'm thankful for that but then it's just that you're uh you know, you have, you're in this constant cycle of production, or you could say you're in a constant cycle of creation without feeling like a creator, right? You're constantly creating for someone else. And in spite of that, you don't feel like a creator. I mean, what, how bad can it get? Right. I I mean, I I love, I love working for clients. I still love doing it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I, I think really the the thing is, it's it's a bit like, I guess, uh, making a baby and then giving it away versus making a baby yeah. and, and then getting to keep it for the rest of your life like you normally do right. with babies. Uh, right. it, it's a little bit like that. When you work for a client, you, you, you're, you're all in on this product or this creation that you're making for sometimes a really long time, for maybe a couple of months or a year, and then it's handed off to the client and you never see it again and it goes over the over the hill and that's it it's gone whereas when you're making for yourself when you're creating a product for yourself 
you make it, you nurture it in exactly the same way, then you release it, but that's only the beginning of your relationship with it, and it continues to stay with you all of that time. I really love that idea as well that you said about uh, when you create something, it, it creates for you as well. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd probably put a further point on that as well, that not only does it create for you, somebody else consumes it too, and then they want to go create something too. So you're, wow. you're, you're in this like creation and inception that just continues <laughs> to go around and round and round. It's really yeah. beautiful. It's true. I totally feel like a Leo. You know, so Leonardo DiCaprio uh, in, in Inception. <laughs> so um, another thing which I want to want to share with you is, so when we're talking about making money with uh, your creation versus making money with your clients, uh, with your client work. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I want to make money. Uh, like a, a big reason for me to make money is to give it away to people who are in need. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm big into charity, charitable stuff. It, that gives me satisfaction. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, by nature, I'm, I'm really minute. I live a minimalistic life. I don't own a lot of stuff. So I don't like to buy, you know, I don't like to buy a lot of materialistic things. Mm. So for me, um, giving money away is important, but I found that when you sell your time, uh, it's, it gets difficult to give that money away because you've sold your most important thing, which is your time. And naturally you want to hold back to that. Yeah. But when you, when you, when you're selling a, a product and when it's making money for you, it's easier for you to give that money away because, uh, you know, you did not, you did not sell your time to make that money and which makes it, uh, so much more easier for you to, uh, you know, give that money, give, give money away to people who are in need. And then, uh, since your time is limited, you're going to make limited amount of money. Again, that stops you from giving. Uh, I'm not saying that you, you people don't give away money who are setting that time. I mean, I'm sure they do. I have done that, but like comparatively, it's more difficult when you, uh, you when you make money by spending your time and then you're asked to give that away, even if it's for a good cause, it's, it's, it, you kind of, it's, it's not easy. There's, uh, there's also a cap on it too, isn't there? there there's only yeah. so much money you can make from exactly. your time because exactly. it's limited. Yeah. I mean, Bill Gates would not be able to give over billions and billions of dollars in charity if it was just one of those software programmers working for on an hourly basis for a company. Right. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that first, you know, personally for me, it's a, it's really important to, uh, consider that the giveaway, giving away part. Yeah. Mm, I, I, I never even considered that, but yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a really valuable point. I, I think the, the other thing as well is often if you, you're working really hard on a time basis, um, you know, running an agency or freelancer or whatever, you often, mm. even if you have the the spare cash, you often don't have the energy to want to do anything else with 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 the money or, or charity or whatever. Because the, right. there's the other side for the charity as well that it's giving your time up 
too might not necessarily yeah. be the money it could be giving some time up and if you time. yeah if, you, yeah. if you're using all your time working freelancing or whatever you you don't have that spare to be able to do that and then you then maybe you get into this whole uh saving every penny saving uh, a lot of money because you're selling your time it's the money's valuable you keep saving and saving and you don't even spend it on stuff you want to spend it on that you want to because you 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 feel that money is limited because your time is limited and then you uh save for like a long long time and by the time you are kind of ready to spend it you don't have the health or you don't have uh the mental capacity or whatever to make the most of it so i think that's another thing that people should consider when they save their time is because uh i have seen people uh who are like a huge interest i mean i'm not say, saying saving money is wrong but like um you know penny pinchers like people who are saving money in like the craziest fashion uh they are selling their time i i've never seen a business guy do that you know i've never seen a person who's selling their products being being so stingy about their money as someone who's selling their time i i mean i'm not saying that everybody's like that but i've like i've seen i've seen a lot of people uh who are like i mean there it's their hard earned money it's it's called hard earned money for a reason because they're selling their time which is not easy to sell and you, like once you sell it you don't get get it back and stuff so i mean yeah i mean yeah it's it, it it is a hard thing the whole the whole thing about selling time versus selling products that essentially make you time i i've built a career i've spent my last 15 years selling my time right uh, and it it was only pro- yeah probably last year it was last year i sold my first thing ever online uh for myself and made some money and once you open that pandora's box there is no going back from that and you you realize instantly the inefficiencies of selling selling your time selling your time uh for money it's not that it's i don't see it as a as a as a bad thing as as such it's often framed on on twitter as a nine to five is a bad thing or selling your time is a bad thing or you need to divorce your time and income as jack butcher says it's often sold as as maybe a bad thing but it really the way i i came to and the way i and try to embody it a bit more now saying this still running an agency is that mm. it's just inefficient to sell your time or over a long period of time it's just inefficient right right and and um it's it's like um you know after you spend so much time selling it after you spend so much time selling your time like we did and once you jump into being a creator you're not um completely over the the mental barriers that you were you have uh as as a as someone who is used to selling time which is why it's so difficult to sell your product at a good price which is why it is difficult to uh you know price your product based on value rather than the time you spend on creating it we still have those mental barriers 
if he can break through those, I mean, Jack Butcher made like a million dollars. I think the first year he became a creator, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, why is it not possible for you or me, for you and I? This is because we still have that fear of, you know, like in, like as a, as someone who's selling time is always, was always scared to charge more, you know, uh, and we have this, uh, we are holding our time so so close to us. So once we become creators, we are again judging our creation based on how much time we spent on it, like how much effort that went to it, and like how should we price it? Instead of judging it based on what is the value the customer is going to get mm. out of you know using my product. I mean, my Gumroad ebook could easily be a two hundred dollar course, and I could sell it, but my instinct like my sub like my inner conscience it does not allow me to do that yeah because I, yeah maybe you know yeah maybe i come from someone who's always told time and it just doesn't feel ethical to do the value-based pricing right i yeah completely agree i had a conversation with tom hurst about it on on the last product uh, on the last podcast about how you how hard it is selling products versus selling services it's very easy when you've done it for a long time to sell services versus sell products and the the way i'm looking at it now is that i've i've spent 15 years making all the mistakes of selling services of of pricing services now i'm really good at it i can i can sell you know like 12 24 50 grand's worth of service very hmm. easily in a meeting but I can't sell a product for a anywhere near that, like nowhere yeah. near. And I feel guilty yeah. charging like twenty dollars for a product. So, right. so, right. so now right. all, all I'm all I'm doing is I'm starting from zero with my experience of pricing again. I've got to learn how to price products the correct way, and it isn't just learning about. Obviously, I could just say, right, this next ebook I'm making is going to be. $500. It isn't just about the price. It's about the mentality of that price and mm. learning that I am worth that, which which is, is silly when I'm like a professional designer, but it, it, it's learning your worth all over again in a different medium. It's so weird, really weird. It is, it is. It is. I, think, I think the best solution for this, Craig, is is to um, stop assuming uh, what people are going to spend or like, uh, or how people perceive your product is, is just to go there and uh, test a price point. And if you find a lot of people buying your product at that price, try increasing it a little more and testing it, test it out with a small group of people and then see if they buy it, you know, if they're buying it, then you could just keep on increasing your price based on, the conversion rate you're getting instead of just, uh, because if you only go with your gut feeling or if you only go with your instinct, it's never going to allow you to charge the right price. I think, I think you need to stop. I think we need to stop, uh, doing that and instead take a more, more real approach by, uh, testing it out with a group of people, the price point and see how they, if they're buying it or not. Because in our mind, uh, that price may be high, but then when you actually go out there and start 
preaching people, they may, they, they might think it's, it's peanuts. Right. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm still so young on the whole creator experience. I, it's still less than a year since I made my first product ever. Uh, it's still, a, still a learning process. The next thing I'm releasing, which is the, mm -hmm. the new book, is the highest price thing that I've released. Um, I think it's forty dollars or something like that, which is still not high, but it's the it's the highest thing. So I'm going in the right direction. It's just <laughs> it's just about working it out. I think it's just experience yeah. and un understanding your worth, maybe valuing your worth uh, a little bit more. I uh, right. I, I, so I'm, I'm going to switch gears and I want to just ask you this question. This is completely different and this is about mm -hmm. Twitter. I want to ask you this question mm -hmm. before we finish because it's, it's, it's been like an hour and 10 minutes already. I can't believe it. Um, I want to just ask you this question from Alex just quickly. Uh, he said he was mm -hmm. curious about your Twitter content creation process and how much of it is scheduled and automated versus how much it is it on the fly? So how do you write tweets, basically? <clears throat> so um, these is all of my, all of my tweets are scheduled. Um, I mean, I write them on the fly, but then I don't, don't tweet them on the fly. I, I save them in the drafts uh, section. Um, mm. And then like I sleep on them and um, you know, I come back later and see if they still resonate. Then I uh, schedule them for like the next day or it's, so I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm tweeting like every two hours, uh, six or seven tweets a day, every two, two hours. Yeah. Um, and all, all of, all of these tweets are scheduled using, uh, Twitter's native, uh, scheduling tool. I don't use high fury. Um, yeah. So, my drafts folder is, is like, uh, always filled with so many, like it's, it's the graveyard of my tweets <laughs> that never went out. So yeah, I, I write a lot of crap, but I don't tweet, a tweet everything. Right. So I, I try to sleep on it and see if I can feel that. So I, I, I now have this, intuition of I'm not saying that I still know what's going to work or what's not going to work, but I have this certain intuition, uh, which is not always right. It goes wrong sometimes, but it tells me, uh, whether this tweet is worth, uh, worth, worthy of tweeting or not, but then that doesn't happen right, right after writing. But then I have to wait like a day or two, uh, to, to kind of, see if I feel, but there are some tweets. They're instantly winners in my eyes. Like I have this, a strong gut feeling say, you know, I have to tweet this right away. I'm not scheduling this. This is, uh, the stuff people are going to like, and it happens. Like they do like those tweets yeah. because they're not planned. Uh, they're written. Like I look at these tweets as a reader, right? Like if I was a reader and if I was reading this tweet, would that surprise me? Would that make me go, wow, would that uh, teach me something I did not know? 
And like, if I am getting a yes to all those answers, I tweet that right away. And, and some tweets, you don't even have to ask those questions. You just know it. You just know it. You know, you just know it. Like this is something that's going to resonate with so many people. And it does like just like three or four days ago, I think three days ago, I was like, I was sitting on my lap. I was like sitting, working on my laptop and my uh, son comes along. And since I'm always happy about the growth I'm having on Twitter, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that with my six year old who doesn't know anything about Twitter. And I'm like, you know, so I've got these many followers on Twitter. Daddy's got these many followers on Twitter. And his eyes go like, wow, like, there's a lot of people, you know? So he's like, are they your friends? So I'm like, like, all of my friends. And then he's like, then let's invite them all to a party, right? Hmm. You know, that was, a, that was a child, like an innocent thing to say, invite 4,000 people to a party, right? Yeah. So, and the moment he said that, I was like, I have to read this because this is, there's something so darn cute. Like I find it cute. It resonates with me as a reader. So I probably should share it with others. And I was, I was pretty sure that it was gonna, it was gonna, you know, attract a lot of attention. And it did. That one tweet got me like 200 followers. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think your, your process is similar, similar to mine. I schedule probably 98% of all my tweets when I, whenever I get an idea, I, uh, in Hype Fury, I just schedule it and I kind of use that as my drafts and I just revisit it every now and again. There is a drafts function, but I don't use it. So I mm-hmm. queue up most of my tweets and then there's just that occasional idea that you get. You think, I need to tweet this right now. Mm-hmm. This, this needs to be tweeted right this second. Just be, yeah. usually because yeah, you're just yeah. impatient. You don't want to wait to see whether it does well or not. You're just like, I need to do this right yeah, now. Yeah. And then that, that's yeah. the only time that I tweet quote unquote live. Um, I, what I try to do the most of all, I don't know if it's the same for you. I try to, when I go into the Twitter app, it's for, uh, it's for replying to people and having conversations with people not to write tweets. When I want to write tweets, I don't go to Twitter. I know you said you use the twi- you use the drafts function yeah, in Twitter, yeah. but I'm yeah. quite intentional when I go to Twitter that I want to chat to people rather than tweet yeah i, I mean I, I think i'm spending very less time tweeting and most of my time on twitter is spent engaging with other people and i i'm not sure if this is a bad thing but i spend very little time scrolling down my feed and uh reading stuff from other people i i i, I engage like whenever i log into twitter and i go go to my homepage, i engage with the top tweet whoever that is like yeah. if it's yours or anybody I, I don't scroll down and keep going and on and on liking and commenting on stuff yeah, it's just i'm the same more of my time is you know it goes into engaging with so nowadays like i don't have time like every single time i log into twitter i have this flood of notifications and yeah. uh you know, people are commenting and stuff. I have to reply. So I am unable to reply to each one of them in a very specific, in a very specific fashion. Yeah. But then 
I uh, reply something, I use a GI app or I use the emojis thing to kind of say something, right? But I do uh, make sure that I reply something back some, and I mean, I do get those uh, people who are commenting from non, uh, from Anon accounts who are just kind of rephrasing your tweet. You know, what do you call them? Reply guys. <clears throat> reply guys. The, the reply guys. So I'm starting to get those as well. So, <clears throat> but not many. Just ignore them. I, <clears throat> I do reply to them with, uh, with an emoji or something. Like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're working hard. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I I just tweet and just say I'm I'm never going to reply to people who tweet at me like this, and people still do it. So that's. So I have this guy who's been my my go to reply guy for a, like a month or two. He he <clears throat> replies to all my tweets. Like he sits down for thirty minutes and replies to all my tweets of the day. <laughs> that's, you know? that's some effort. That that's some effort. Yeah, and then he, he yesterday he DM'd me asking, see, I've been doing this for a long time, not seeing results, what's happening? So I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> you know? I was like I was like, you know, instead of instead of you spending time on my account, go to other accounts that are like yours who don't who aren't getting any engagement, engage with them, become friends, talk to them, DM them or like show them you're giving them attention and then uh, do that hundred times and like have hundred friends and then suddenly you have people who are engaging with your content, right? So yeah. stop wasting time on, on my account because all I'm going to do is like, uh, like your stuff maybe, or not even do that. So, uh, and he's a nice guy. He's, he, he's, he's working hard, but he just doesn't have the direction. So I was like, you know, don't engage with big accounts just because you want followers. It's not going to happen. Just make friends like other people who are like you and you know it's going to be amazing i, I think so i think he's going to do that now yeah I, I think probably the looking back on it now and all the things that i tried when i was first trying to grow my twitter account i think the the two tactics really that that stick with me still is building friends and having a personality as well being authentic what, whatever that means I call it consistent personality rather than authentic, but you know, being yourself, having a personality, people want to follow people who are human, who are not perfect, who make mistakes, right. who show what's going on. They don't want to follow a, a Naval. A Naval is a Naval. You, you're not going to be a Naval. Just be, just be you, whatever, whatever that is. Like being big and Naval is a waste of yourself. And, uh, I think besides having a personality, like you said, it's also important to have a style that people can resonate with, like a certain way of uh, tweeting. So right now I'm being known by a lot of people as this guy who tweets like one-liners or really uh, concise, short tweets with a meaningful you know, message. Yeah. Like I don't copy that from anyone. Uh, I try to take really elaborate messages and tweets and I try to condense them in a few words because brevity is super important in Twitter and, and people are, people are loving that. I mean, I am, I, I see myself as positioning myself as someone 
who's able to do something that is difficult for a lot of people, which is to uh, condense information and uh, and you know create create these concise tweets that people don't have to spend time reading, but they 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 get the value out of them. They get the message. Mm. I I go the complete opposite way. I'm just verbose and just write about five tweets, and usually three of them are, are crap but funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just go the other way. I do that as well, but uh, those those tweets go in my drafts, not not on Twitter. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm long past that, Mustafa. Yeah. I just tweet everything. I, I don't care anymore. It's people well, people come I mean, for the lols. That's what it's all about. Well, um. I mean, there's nothing wrong in that, Craig, but I mean, uh, personally, I feel that um, being strategic is important if you really, like, I'm sure a lot of your tweets have value in them because they get engagement. But then I think if you get more strategic with your approach, um, <clears throat> you know, like take take it, take every tweet and retweet tweet seriously and, and ask yourself, you know, is this, is this going to add value? Uh, is this going to help someone or am I just ranting just because I want to let it out? Am I just, uh, you know, tweeting just for, just because I feel like it, or is it going to help someone? I mean, this is not easy to do every day, but then I realized that, uh, since I have become more, uh, strategic and I would say more um, um, thoughtful about the, the kind of content I tweet it's it, it has worked in my favor I mean I'm not saying what you're doing is not working it's obviously working but then if you could uh, if you could focus more on the value part rather than just putting everything out and uh, probably you could just sleep on what you write for a day or two and then and come back and see if you could uh, if you have the patience to rewrite that into a, a more concise tweet I think I think you your audience loves you man I mean I've seen people love your content I mean I, I'm pretty sure they're gonna appreciate if you uh, could take it take it the extra mile I mean I would love it I would I would I would love to see that from you so <laughs> No, I I really appreciate that. I mean, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm o I'm over egging it a little bit. I, you know, I, I sit down and write eight to ten tweets every day. I'm the, most of them are not uh, just random top of the head stuff, but I make it look like they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, it it was it was a thing that I changed quite a while ago. A lot of my tweets were quite dry. So where whereas you're trying to condense them. I went I went the other way. I was writing condensed tweets and not really having much of an impact with them. And I I started just making them a little bit funny or a little bit more me, really. I don't take myself seriously. So that's that's where I was going. Still providing value, but providing a bit of humor inside things as well. And I, I found that that style, it resonated more with the way I am. Again, I don't take things seriously, and it's as long as, as long as it makes you happy. You know. That's all it's about at the end of the day, isn't it? Uh, whether it yep. makes you happy and, or not. And and um, um, the question I want to ask you is like, uh, like if you 
being brutally honest, are you tweeting for yourself or are you tweeting for your followers? Like, If I was tweeting for my followers, I wouldn't write so much crap. Uh, <laughs> so the, yeah. if, if I was being... 100% intentional about it all of the time I wouldn't show a lot of the stuff that I show like I, I tweeted a, a video of me making a cup of tea this morning I wouldn't put that kind yeah. of stuff out I love that but yeah. I I realize I, I made a decision quite quite a while ago that I wanted to Gary V talks about building a TV channel you know building a TV channel of, of your content and I made a decision a while ago that I was going to make loads of content. And if that was going to be the case, I was going to kind of show um, everything, basically. Not quite everything, but a lot of things. That means that I have long-form conversations like we're having on a podcast right now. I make visuals. I write tweets. I occasionally write blog posts. So I make a lot of content that shows me really i the, the the product is me ultimately so that means i have right. to sh i have to show a lot of, a lot of random kind of bits and bobs i'm doing a lot of things i'm not particularly focused in a lot of them that's me that's the way i am so i think i think that the best part about that is that you sleep well at night and because you're so authentic uh in your approach um you know you're doing the right thing you're having fun and you're being you're just being you're not being fake uh you're not you're not you're not trying to put up something that you're not and i i mean yeah i, I think that's that's the message that i get which is an important message yeah yeah i i am i'm lucky that i don't need to make a living from twitter i i don't make it almost any of my income from that i make my income from being a designer running an agency so i i don't treat it that way i i treat it as a hobby it's 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 fun and i i've tried it the other way i tried taking it incredibly seriously i didn't enjoy it um and, and i'm i'm glad that i switched it around to have a bit of fun with it because why are we doing it at the end of the day mustafa if we're not having fun with it Yep, yep. I, I completely, 100% agree. I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. So, yeah. I think that's a great place to end. <laughs> uh, you've yeah. got 30 seconds. Do you want to say anything? Plug anything? Promote anything? Um, no, just come follow me on Twitter and discover my content. And I don't want any of you to buy anything from me. Just... Uh, connect with me and try to become friends. I think that's it. <laughs> I love it. You, you, you're so authentic, Mustafa. I'm really glad I met you on Twitter. And Same here, likewise. Yeah, just keep up the good stuff. And I guess it was we'll, amazing. We'll, we'll it was amazing talking to you. We'll chat again on Twitter in probably like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Talk soon. Okay. Bye bye.